Human Vortex Training and Menachem Brody present the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast, where we talk strength training, physiology, psychology, tech, and much more to help you get fitter, faster, and stronger in and out of your sport, giving you expert insights, talking with other leading experts. And now, your host, world-leading strength coach for cyclists and triathletes, Menachem Brody. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 124 of the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast. For those of you who are regular subscribers, you'll notice that my energy and voice are a bit different this week. I've managed to pick up strep, so uh, dealing with that, um, always fun. I uh, did not want to leave you guys hanging without an episode before next week's uh, episode 124 with uh, strength coach out of the UK, Chris Peden. So I decided we'll jump on and cover three uh, unscripted items that came up in the weight room here the last week. And the uh, episode next week with Chris is really great, by the way. So if you haven't already subscribed, please make sure you do so. Uh, that also helps us if you write us a review on whatever podcast platform that you are listening on, uh, as that can really help us uh, grow our audience here. Now, the three things that have come up in the weight room the last week are very interesting. The first one we'll start with is myself and getting sick again. Uh, and it really comes down to, as far as I'm concerned, Monday. And uh, Monday, I uh, had uh, our second track session here with the uh, track athletes. Uh, so we're starting back the uh, program for 2022. And in the morning, I, I was doing programming. So I normally have uh, two clients in the morning, a basketball player uh, and a general fitness. And uh, both of them happened to be, uh, one was out of town uh, skiing in uh, Europe, which was nice. He got out before uh, everything went crazy. And the other one had a game the night before. So Instead of having that, that time in the morning uh, in the gym and then doing my workout, I decided to sit down at home and do programming, and I was really in the flow. And I've mentioned flow before here, uh, Mihaly, Sazenta Mihaly, uh, don't ask me to spell it, I'll put a link to the uh, book in the notes, uh, but Mihaly, Sazenta Mihaly has really written uh, a number of books and, and the um, seminal um, work on what some people call being in the zone. And that's where I was on Monday. So, you know, 11 o'clock rolled around. And I'm looking like, no, nah, I got to keep going. This is a really good program. I'm really just knocking it out of the park. I'm firing on all cylinders. Finally, at 12 o'clock, and, and the track session is at 2, at 12 o'clock, I was like, okay, I need, I need to finish this. I'm going to go. I'll get a short workout in. Push comes to shove. Comes down to 12.45. And it was the thought of how much do I have in my tank right now? How, how much can I push? If I go to the gym, it's going to be one set of 20 for each uh, exercise, maybe two sets of, of 20 for a select few, and I'll have about 40 minutes maximum because I've got to be at the track at uh, 145. Well, I took too much out of the tank, and about halfway through my workout is when I realized it. And here's the thing. There are going to be days, there are going to be times where you make a conscious decision we're going to push and see what happens. And that was one of them. And lo and behold, my immune system still is not up to where it needs to be. Normally, normally, what would happen after that is I'd be really tired the next two or three days. So uh, as of the recording, it's Thursday. So normally I'd bounce back. You know, yesterday would have been really tired, but I can manage through. And I just woke up super early on Wednesday morning. Uh, I think five o'clock in the morning, my body was bothering me. Uh, a sign for me that I'm getting injured. And, and some of you have actually commented this or, or made mention of this in some of your emails to me, uh, that you also feel old injuries uh, kind of achy 
So first was my knee, then it was my back, then it was my shoulder, and then it was, uh uh-oh. (laughs) So the point is, is that sometimes consistency is not what you need. And I know that that kind of goes against what I've said all these times, consistent, consistent, consistent. Well, in that case, my if I had the time, it would have been fine if I would have had the time to take two and a half to three and a half minutes rest between. But what I did is I, I went to the gym. I had literally 27 and a half minutes from the time I walked in, which meant my warm-up takes about eight to 10 minutes. So I had 17 minutes and I had to be out the door. And I just did not play my cards right. So it's in my training log. That's for next time, skip it. Or, you know, put it off till two days later and you miss a session. But the consistency for that one day, and me being a silly goofhead, cost me now a week of training. It would have been far better for me to skip that one day and sit down and say, you know what, I'm going to have a a leisurely lunch, I'll drive over, I'll get there early, I'll hang out with the guys and the gals before the session, and then I'll lift when I lift. This is where life happens, life gets in the way, and you'll have to learn yourself. So the the old me, pre-corona me, I knew exactly what I could have done, but I'm still not there. And that's what I've learned now. Uh, And I kind of knew that. Like I said, halfway through the session, I went, oh, man, this is not good. Uh, And then to compound things, by the way, I did not eat my post-workout meal until after the track session. So that's four hours later. So uh, here you have a perfect storm of things that are perfectly preventable. And yours truly just threw caution to the wind and said, well, I'm going to push today and see what I can do. And I didn't do the things that I need to do. And and just so you know, my my post-workout meal is a protein shake and a banana. And I had that on purpose because I can eat that during a session. And just during the session, I'm like, oh, I should eat. No, I'll do it later. Those come back to bite us. And other times they don't. You know, had it had I eaten, I would say fairly certain that I, I would not be sick, or at least not this sick. Um, so that's number one, is that there's a time and a place for consistency, and you've got to listen to that small voice inside your head. So I decided to push, and now I'm paying the price. So we'll see what happens next week. It was right at the end of my uh, my first full training block. Um, so it was week number four. So I'll go back a week next week and repeat week number three uh, at a lighter uh, volume, lower volume. Um, so it'll still be a RPE 6.7, or excuse me, it'll be RPE 6.7 instead of 8.9, which was uh, uh, called for for two of the exercises both days. Uh, and then we just build back up, and that's uh, that's how you get back on. But you've got to wait until you have two to three days where your energy levels are normal, uh, you're not feeling any dropouts. Now, the second topic for today uh, is no gum, no chewing gum in the gym. And the last two kind of go together. Uh, chewing gum is something that when I'm coaching, uh, and I, I, I'm very uh, transparent with my athletes, I'll say to them, look, when I'm coaching, you'll see me chewing gum. Uh, oftentimes, you'll see me spit it out at some point because I know that I need to demonstrate something for you. Uh, but chewing gum in the gym is not allowed. Now, some guys and gals say, hey, but I chew gum on the bike all the time. It's not a big deal. That takes mental energy away. Even though it's a subconscious level to chew, that actually pulls your focus away from the strength exercises that you need to execute. And this is a big problem because strength starts with a thought. I want that to sink in. Strength starts with a thought. And this is where how you lift a movement is way more important than the weight that you're moving. Because when you take the time to stop and think and focus on how you want to execute a movement and how you want it to look is going to significantly alter or improve the movement patterns. 
So chewing gum takes away. And there's actually a, a couple uh, sample videos that I have here that I, I've, I've had to bin. I've had to throw them out because I was chewing gum while I was doing them. And I knew that at the time. I was like, oh, I'll just do it real quick and it'll be fine. But it's not because those movement qualities were way lower. And these are things that I've done thousands of times. So even for someone who's done these movements, it really takes the brain power away from being able to execute properly. And it ties into the breathing on the bike as well. And this is something that a lot of us, I think, mix, uh, miss or mix into our training where we say, oh, you know, it's just gum or I'm just eating. But you take forever to eat. There is certainly a time and a place. You don't see the, the pros riding for an hour and taking small nibbles. Uh, there's gastric emptying, which can be sped up by the amount of fluid you intake. Uh, there's amount of digestion. We want to try and make sure that your breathing is on point as we go through. And uh, there's a great book uh, by McGowan called uh, The Oxygen Advantage. It's on my reading list. Uh, I haven't gotten it to it yet. I have uh, two or three more uh, books before I get there. Uh, but from the athletes that I have who are, have read it and uh, a handful of coaches, uh, they really, really like it. Hopefully we'll have uh, him here on the show a little bit later in 2022. But Everything matters. Everything ties in. And you see this with Joel Proskowitz. Uh, he's a BackFit Pro practitioner, uh, one of the best in the world uh, out of uh, London, UK. Uh, everything matters. Everything matters. And this is where chewing gum during your session, just don't do it. Uh, it's not worth it. It really does take away, especially if you're trying to learn a new skill. And that leads us to our last thing. And this is something that most people think of as uh, innocuous. And that is listening to music or having your phone on ring while you're in the gym. Now, Having our phone on ring, this happened here yesterday uh, with one of the, the athletes I had in, uh, the beginning of the warm-up, uh, the phone rang, and it happened to be his boss. And I said, you can get that right now, right? We just started our warm-up. If you want to, you can stop and, and take it. And he said, no, no, it's okay. I made the mistake of not telling him, okay, put the phone on silent and put it in your locker. And guess what happened? Halfway through our main set, number one, the phone rang, and it happened to be the garage, uh, where his his car was up on the uh, on the lift uh, because it was being worked on, and he wound up spending about eight minutes on the phone. And you can't do that. That breaks your concentration. Uh, you've now lost the whole flow for the session. His session was done. That was it. I said you're done. He's like, what? I I just took the phone call. I said, yep, that's it. You've lost focus. The physiological, your internal environment has changed. You're done. And you can imagine he's quite miffed. Like, what are you talking about? I still have another 25, 30 minutes. Nope, you are done. Because the time that it's going to take us to refocus you, we have to go back through the whole warm-up to get the intent and intensity that you need in order to get what you want out of the session today. And he's a good athlete. I mean, he's he asked, he listened, um, and I also took full responsibility. I said, that's my fault. It rang in the warm-up, and I did not tell you to put it in your locker to put it on silent. That is, that is on me. And I apologize because I failed you in making sure that the things needed to be done were, were done. And for many of us, what we miss is that also having music distracts us as well. Now, some of you are going to think I'm, I'm crazy, but oftentimes when I lift, if I do listen to music, it's either songs that I know by heart that I know are going to get the desired response that I need out of the set, or it's classical or jazz. <laughs> I can always hear some of you go, classical and jazz? Are you kidding me? These two types of music have, uh, there have actually been research articles on this. Uh, classical music uh, is very calming to the nervous system, which can allow you to recover between sets. So I don't listen to that during sets, but in between. So if I'm, in, if I'm doing a corrective, uh, the music is off, and as soon as the corrective is done, we go back. 
and this is where some people think I'm distracted because I sit there and I click on the, the headset, right? I'm clicking it on, clicking it off. They're like, why are you playing with your music so much? I'm not. I'm trying to get an exact uh, status quo, so to speak, for my body. But those sessions are few and far between. And oftentimes when I lift, uh, there's no music at all. I mean, especially when we have the, the McGill uh, uh, back patients uh, in the studio, we turn the music off for the whole gym, which some people don't like. But when you're learning a skill or we're trying to understand what's going on, everything matters. You've got to be able to listen to the foot strike. You've got to be able uh, to hear small cracks and pops uh, while people are moving. And you've got to be able to focus 100%. And I know some of you out there are saying, yeah, but you know, the music really gets me going uh, and it really helps me get a better lift. That may be true, but what's going to happen when you're in a race? And there are certainly times, as I mentioned, there are times where certain lifts where I'll use music to, to try and help me uh, cool off my nervous system and get into a more relaxing state. But when it's time to go, there's no music. It's not, you know, heavy metal, Metallica, Rage Against the Machine. I used to do that. When I was a powerlifter, I used to do that. The problem when you do this is that you're spiking everything and there's this ebb and flow. Now, that, of course, can be a part of your physiological training uh, if it's done right, but it can be very difficult to control because you get really amped up and then you have to be able to cool off a little bit. And that can be really difficult, especially in a gym setting. Uh, if it's a busy gym and you're having to protect that piece of equipment while you do your rest periods, you know, someone wants to work in. I've had this happen to me a couple times. I always, always try and share if the gym is busy. And I've had a couple times where I say, oh, well, what weight are you using for squats or deadlifts? Oh, I'm going to be doing X, Y, and it's pretty close to mine. I say, okay. And then they strip all of the weights off you know, I'm in the middle of my last warm-up set. They strip all the weights off, and then they leave to go do their second exercise. And I'm like, dude, WTF. Like, if you're going to share, that means if you take it off, you have to put it back on. So now I've wasted the energy to put the, the weights back on. And now I have to change my loading because that takes energy out of the system. And some of you may say, well, that seems kind of silly, but but it really does matter. So um, these are all things that are important. I'm going to stop here because my energy is uh, pretty waning uh, but as you notice, there, there are a few very small important things here. So no phones, no chewing gum. Uh, consistency matters, but don't sacrifice a week or a week and a half for a single workout because every day that you're sick or your immune system is, is compromised or down or you're tired means that you are now taking longer to adapt to the training. So I could have done that workout, that 17 and a half minutes of, of my main set, but I needed to be a lot smarter. So, hey, you know what? Instead of going down 20% for my working load, I need to go down 30%. So I'm just getting the work in. I'm just showing up and doing the work. Or even smarter would have been, instead of having a leisure lunch at home, let me go to the gym, uh, to the track, and I'll do a very light session before the guys get started. Then there's no stress about uh, transport, anything like that. Could have gotten my workout in, much more relaxed. Still would have been the same workout, but it still you know, could have been the same loading. So uh, just some things to share. Uh, I know this isn't necessarily the best episode, uh, but uh, this is where consistency is important. So with that, I'm going to sign off for you guys. Uh, just know uh, we are working on finalizing the Stronger After 50 program. Uh, we've been working on this for now eight and a half, nine months. So the Stronger After 50 Baby program is almost ready. Uh, there is also the core training, 12-week core training for endurance athletes for coaches edition is going to be out soon as well. And this is where uh, you have the core program as well as coaching points. Uh, I give a, a brief overview as to why we're progressing to the different exercises in block to block, as well as corrections for common uh, adaptations or, or changes you see in technique. 
that's it for today. Remember, guys, until next time, train smarter, not harder, because it is all about you. Talk to you guys next week. That's it for this episode of the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast with world-leading strength coach for cyclists and triathletes, Menachem Brody. Don't miss an episode. Hit that subscribe button and give us a review. For more exclusive content, visit humanvortextraining.com or get the latest expert videos from Coach Brody on the HVT YouTube channel at HV Training. Until next time, remember to train smarter, not harder, because it is all about you.